welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hello, Mr. Wimmer. I am Mariah Rose. Yep, uh, the other co-host. Oh, yep, here I am. You're not just randomly sitting in for this one. I just happen to be passing through, thought I'd sit here. <laughs> hey, there's a spare mic. Why don't you take a seat? Okay, I usually do. Wait, before you do, I have a question. What? Have you ever seen a 1983 film called Warriors of the Wasteland? Yep, I oh, have. Okay, yeah, I have. You can stay there. I can stay? Yeah, you want to join me? All right. All right, well, we've got some familiar faces this time that we'll we'll discuss. Yep. We've been doing this long enough now that the world of 80s post-apocalyptic is shrinking. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small world after all. Okay, well, before we get into it, uh, we're going to go with the whole morphed uh new acquisition of the week rather than thrift store find what do you got yeah secondhand finds actually mine is super thoughtful i'm definitely gonna get a friend award for this we're like so deep into quarantine that i'm considering when i come out of this cave and it will be a friend's birthday her birthday is in mid-July. I'm hoping, fingers wow, crossed. Really? Yeah. Anyway, she is. She likes black swans. She mm. doesn't listen to this podcast. There's zero percent chance she'll hear this. But I found a black swan necklace, not Natalie Portman style. Calm down. Okay. Uh, it's like cool vintagey, and that's her vibe. Wow. I'm. I'm like pre-planning presents for friends now well you got nothing else to do no what about you what did you find (laughs) i have one find that i will share this week just one well i feel like you got a lot of vhs packages i sure did but you only get to know about one uh tease uh it's a 2005 release on vhs the last year it came out so it's a little harder to find but was not expensive i was just very cheap and waiting for the right price so it took me Good year and a half to two years to get it. Okay. I found Land of the Dead, the last George Romero film on VHS, and the last one we were missing, mm-hmm. so I'm happy. And we will be watching it because we both really enjoy that movie. If you don't enjoy that movie, uh, whatever. Get off your high horse, get I, on a yes. donkey, and ride into the Land of the Dead. I feel like people dissed on it when it came out because they were holding the others so precious Here's mm-hmm. a news flash. The others aren't that great either. They're just cool. Oh, shut your this one filthy fits, mouth. No, this one fits right in. And the older it gets, the more and more it feels like just another George Romero of the Dead film. How do you, I love it. How do you feel about the Leguizamo uh, factor? I think he hams it up to the... I enjoy it. Actually, it's probably one of the only movies I like with him in it. Actually, I don't have a general problem with him beyond the pest i've just seen the pest so now every movie i see him in i can't unsee it yeah after i watch that too it's all i keep like seeing in my mind when i see his face maybe that shows how good he was in the past that it made such a lasting impression it's burned into our soul okay well why don't you watch it again and tell me about it the pest? <laughs> no, I'm going to wake you up, breakfast in bed, and I'm going to have a little portable player that's just <laughs> going to be playing in front of you. A portable player now is called a phone. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I got. There you go. That's what, you, that's what you get. So you got a necklace for a friend, and I got a, oh, I got something really unique this week, a VHS. Wait, maybe my necklace is haunted. Maybe it's a haunted amulet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe my know. VHS has special powers. Probably does. Going to go with it. All right, well, you ready to get into this one? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you seemed unclear. Just had to think about it for a minute. All right. Warriors of the Wasteland. This is a first time watch for both of us. I've known yeah. about it for a long time, and I've actually had this for a long time. I've just been waiting. You've cause... been sitting on this one like a hen on her eggs. It's exactly what it was like. I actually <laughs> sat on the case as I watched it to warm it up. I <laughs> um, I sometimes will watch the films ahead of time, but this time, I, with the post-apocalyptic ones, I, it's a pretty safe bet and that we'll both enjoy them, so I just kind of mm-hmm. will, will wing it. And I was not disappointed with this one. We'll talk about where it kind of shakes out with other ones we've seen so far, because now we've got, like, we've got a collection to draw from. I feel like we have a good post-apocalyptic, like, scope. Like, we've mm. seen it all. We know it's good. We know it's bad. Well, we know we it's haven't in the seen it all, but we've seen um, some. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we've seen it all. How do we know? I know. Shh. We haven't. And, but I know that we've seen enough to start making an opinion. <laughs> and that's what you're going to get today. <laughs> okay. Okay. Warriors of the Wasteland, 1983. It was also under two other names. The most popular and the normal name it was under was called The New Barbarians, which I'm not a fan of because I like The New Gladiators, the Fulci film. And I, so I kind of would get them confused, I guess. I feel like New Barbarians would be like a, a weird band from like 1992 (laughs) okay you know like kind of smooth like your your father would listen to feeling like he was being Mm. cool and arty no i think they'd be more one of those like pop ska bands Ooh, yeah yeah i could see it okay or like chumbawamba that yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking okay were they ska I don't know. I don't know. Takes a whiskey drink. Is that the song? Okay. <laughs> Takes a vodka drink. That's the only thing I know then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with yes. That was Scott. <laughs> I remember when I was little and I had to look up what pissing the night away was. Because I was like, what? <laughs> Once you get dehydrated? <laughs> uh, well, okay. So New Barbarians was one title. <laughs> uh, the other title was Metropolis 2000. Uh, yeah, I didn't need that one. I'm a little... I don't need too many 2,000, 3,000, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So too I many numbers. Could have probably done without that, too. So I, I really am a fan of Warriors of the Wasteland. I, think I like cool. alliteration, yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me of, um, like, Warriors of the Lost World. There's uh, Warriors of the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a fan of the Warriors of. So. Yeah. It was done by a very well-known Italian director... Enzo Castellari, he did uh, some of the bigger ones from this genre. 1990 Bronx Warriors, which is a really good film. We have that. We haven't done it yet. And then uh, the follow-up, Escape from the Bronx. He he did a ton of stuff, actually, but we don't have to spend too much time on him. Good job, buddy. People of Italian cinema will know him. Yeah, the music was done by Claudio Simonetti, who is a, a, a household name. Because he was in Goblin, who did all of, you know, Argento's films and stuff like that. So the music is awesome. You know, he worked on Suspiria, Conquest, Demons, all that. So uh, we are working with a really cool score, Mm -hmm. which um, I will definitely come back to time and time again. Okay. All right. And that's probably, I don't know, all we need to know. Yeah, we've got some familiar faces that will turn up from previous episodes. The most notable ones are when we did uh, 2019 after the fall of New York. Mm-hmm. There's a couple crew from there. The mm-hmm. George Eastman's the big one. He was Big Ape in that movie. Big Ape. He was Big Ape. Who he had a huge career too. Mm-hmm. He was a really established writer as well as actor. 
but he's one of the leads in this one. And then Anna Kanakis, who she played the cool, sexy villain in uh, After the Fall of New York. Mm -hmm. And so I think that may be how I found out about this one was I was looking up just movies from that era and I was like, oh, she's in this one, too. That's cool. Yeah, because she's a babe and a half. And then Fred Williamson, who is also in The New Gladiators, the Fulci film that I was telling you about, mm-hmm. which you haven't seen, but I no. know you would like. So we'll get to that at some point, too. Okay. But it's it's a really solid cast for like this kind of film from this era. So we're dealing with A-list for a B-movie. We'll say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> B-plus list. Yeah. All right, well, let's, okay. um, yeah, let's just get into it. Let's, I, I want to talk about this one. I liked this one. So let's get into uh, 2019. we got to travel both forward and backward in time. Oh, remember 2019? Simpler times. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> everybody, do you remember the end of last year when everybody's like, oh, 2019 was terrible? They say that about every year. Yeah, guess what? Yeah, sucker. <laughs> you suck it. Careful what 2019, you wish for, yeah. we've got you. So we're looking, it's after a nuclear holocaust. There's like a wasteland and corpses. And then we look, we land, our gaze falls upon a group of survivors who've made like a ring of their caravan, like a safety ring. You know what? The opening scene, first off, the music's already cool. It's like the synth pop track. Uh, very cool. I was afraid that it was going to be just a one-time thing, and it wasn't. You know, sometimes you get, like, one really cool yeah. music cue, and then the rest is just dirt. Yes. This one throughout was, like, it got cooler and cooler. But I also liked in this opening scene when it's talking about the Holocaust, and then it opens, and you had mentioned it, but there are these skeletons in spacesuits that it's, are, like, hanging on the ground. Like, it's or hazmat weird. Suit. It looks like the cover of DEFCON 4, which that cover is, like, one of the coolest covers and it doesn't really pan out in the movie. So I liked that this had that. I'm kind of like, well, why wasn't that the cover for this movie? It was strange, too, <laughs> because there was like a blurring to that visual that made me wonder if it had been intended to be 3D or something. I didn't quite get no, it. No, I don't think they had that kind of I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> if you watch it, you'll budget. see. Yeah. So we're at a survivor's camp. And there's some bad guys who we will later learn, like much later are called the Templars. Yes. They are watching from a ridge. First of all, if you're trying to stay safe, why would you go and put yourself at the bottom of a valley where you're basically boxed in yeah. and can't keep a lookout for the bad guys? And so they're dumb and they deserve to die, maybe. They're not the smartest, though, because there's that old... You know the old know-it-all that always sits around when somebody's working on something? There's always one of those. They're trying to get a radio signal or something right away. Everybody is obsessed with radio signals. But there's that one dude who's like, you know, in my day, I knew everything. He didn't say that, but he was implying that. And he walks up. He had that vibe. And this is what he says. They're like fiddling with it. And he goes, he looks at the radio uh-huh. and he tells them that the signal needs to be, and this is his quote, at least a million megawatts strong. Whoa. I was like, that's Grandpa, so many megawatts. I think you're exaggerating a little. Go sit down. Like, I just don't. I don't know if he was the guy I would have turned to for advice. I don't know. Maybe he knew, he knew his stuff. Okay. One million megawatts. Anyway, the bad guys, the Templars, they're all in white and they're either in like 
It's like uh, dune buggies that are kind of like tricked out, which we'll get to those. Yeah, because they're And dirt awesome. bikes. But they're also wearing white and their shoulder pads are pointy. That's how you can tell we're past the apocalypse. Yeah, and they're like generic road warriors. They're not good road warriors. They're like <laughs> like sea level road warriors. Mm-hmm. Well, they're <laughs> and- <laughs> not rough. They're like very streamlined in their look. <laughs> they're fashionable road warriors. They yeah. also kind of look like they're somewhat in, not, I wouldn't say Judas Priest, but maybe like Saxon or something. They've got that studded look, you know? How it's not like weird cool that spikes. you would mention Saxon because today, just randomly, I heard somebody talking about Saxon on a podcast I was listening to, and I was like, who even is that? All right, we'll do a little um, nah, lesson you, nah, after this episode. Nah. <laughs> you won't have to ask that question I ever again. I think I'll go to bed. <laughs> Good night. Okay. Okay, so they have their little go-karts. They come to this camp, and they're shooting what can only be described as gun lasers. Are they gun lasers? Because... Well, they make laser sounds, but they look and act like guns otherwise. It's the equivalent of what I did with my friends when I was a child, and I'd run around and go... (laughs) But no laser actually came out? Well... That's what what happened. That, except there were explosions that happened behind the people, (laughs) which knocked them forward. I just... The laser sounds were out of control, and I did not see a single laser. Well, the one old lady with the really thick eyeliner did have her face burned. Well, no, there were explosions and death. No, she laser-faced. Oh, really? But you saw an actual laser beam? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There were no laser No, beams. it went pew, and she was like, and leaned away, and you're like, whoa, her the face The gore was, was pretty good, though. Yeah, absolutely. Throughout yeah. this whole film. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they just kill everybody off, so don't get attached. Uh, some people, <laughs> Some people take off running from this camp, and this is where we get to see that their, like, go-kart dune buggy things are... Special. These are top notch. I would say as far as films we've seen thus far with futuristic, cheap futuristic mm, uh, technology, tec- not technology, but like Gadgets? vehicles. Yeah. yeah. These ones are really cool looking. Also, there's a lot of unnecessary stunts. Like just people ramping things and I just really, I don't know if it's stunts were uh, over the top in this one. And I feel like there it was their gimmick to have cars, but they didn't make that clear. Like I think it wanted to be Warriors of the Wasteland with cool cars. One of these things shoots a flamethrower and oh, like yeah, shoots out flames. Cool. Another one has like twirly knives. Another one has a drill. And then we've also got bubble cars. So there's a <laughs> lot of things going on with cars and they keep featuring them throughout. But they're really not important to the storyline. They kind of are, though, because they look cool. Okay, so after they kill off basically everybody in the camp, they start looking around, and one guy comes up, and there's a really thick book, and he uses just his hand strength <laughs> to rip a book in half. And it's clean in half. As, and like, it's a hardcover. <laughs> perfectly cut in half. You know what we should talk about? And he about takes it. it from the spine. <laughs> hey, man, it's the future. Okay. We should talk about some of the road warriors in this. The Templars, because their look is something special. Hold on. You're interrupting my great story about the book spine thing. Oh, okay. There's more. So he tears it in half. Uh-huh. And then he says, books. That's what started the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so tell me about these guys. So one of them looks like a lawyer with a mohawk. He looks like very uncomfortable having a mohawk. Mm-hmm. He, if you were to just put your hand, like, use your hand to block out the mohawk on the top of his head, mm-hmm. he just looks like a normal dude with a beard. Well, and it's not even a full mohawk because they have... The top is sticking straight up, but the sides are just gelled to the side. So they didn't even shave his head. It's like a faux hawk. You know, he looks like he would listen to... He'd be actually a huge fan of... New Country. No, what's that? Well, that too. <laughs> what's that uh, dude who sings with Queen now? Adam Adam Lambert. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does n- he looks like an Adam so Lambert fan. Adam Lambert would fit right in here. Put him in some white pleather and That's put him on a motorcycle. because he looks like this guy. Yeah. Like if Adam Lambert could grow a beard, he would look like him. Okay. And he also has a long braid. Oh, yeah. I didn't his, notice that until later. Yeah, his mohawk tr- gives... It's like a teaser. It's like the arrows that point to the braid that dangles down to his butt crack. The other main guy who we later turn... We, we find out his name's Shadow, I think. He looks like that guy who used to be in a band in the 70s, now owns a music store in the 80s, and likes to talk to the kids about how he used to be in a band. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's got long hair... I think he has a beard, too, doesn't he? They all look yeah. like they kind of listen to the Bee Gees, too. Yeah, yeah. He's got long hair, but he's got this poof on the top. So, okay, tell me about it, because I, okay. I could not take my eyes off of it. So in, like, the early 2000s, <laughs> girls would do this thing where it's called a bump it, where on the top of your head, you can put something in there and brush your hair over it to make it look like the the hair is standing up higher than it is. Like there's more volume than there actually is. So it looks like he's utilized a bump it. But then he's got hair flat down on the other sides of his face. So just the top is bumped up. This is blowing my mind right now. What era was that? The bump it? 2000s. I'm sure there's... This is 2019 that he has his hairdo. Oh, it has survived the apocalypse. Yeah, but it's also in line with real fashion. Whoa. This is deep. Oh, deep cuts. (laughs) Right. Well, those are just two of the road warriors that I really enjoyed because they never got got old. No. (laughs) Okay, so after this, they leave and it's nighttime and then... Weirdly, a bunch of people who are dressed like mummies, who are never explained, never explored, are there, like, digging through the burning cars and wreckage. Yeah, they're kind of like scavengers in the in the wasteland. Okay, I mean, that's what we gather, but it's not really clear. You know what, too, around this whole time, uh, there's... This film starts off strong because during that whole attack scene, mm-hmm. we get those blades on the side of one car that uh, one of the dudes gets decapitated from the car oh. blade. And I was like, damn, this is awesome. It just I was really all in because there's full decapitation. Yeah, they didn't hold back with the gore at all in this whole film. No. And that really was a huge plus in my book. Also, I failed to mention those white costumes with the hairdos uh-huh. and the extreme makeup. They kind of look like failed Power Rangers, too. <gasps> they do. Don't, don't they? Do you know that uh, it's like a gif that gets sent to you, and it's like the yellow Power Ranger, and she like moves her hands and sticks out her hip to one side, and there's an explosion, but it kind of looks like a fart? 
No, I haven't seen that. Really? I send that to my friend Sarah a lot. Okay, well, you haven't <laughs> sent it to me. Well, it's coming your way. Okay, uh, you send it to me while we're listening to Saxon. Okay. Um, and so as these mummy people are looking through the burning cars, a man who's got a car that has like a, it's like a clear green lit up bubble on top of his car. And that's by first appearances, all that's super futuristic about it. He a- arrives and he comes upon a dying man and he's like, who did this? And the dying guy gets real whiny about everything i mean come on you're dying who cares at this point right some of the mummy guys approach the guy in the bubble car who we learn is named scorpion much later he shoots the mummies and then the dying guy is like you got one for me and so he shoots him too (laughs) yeah that's that and then then he i don't know he maybe takes a nap or something but the next day he is driving in his bubble car and he gets into a fight. He's shooting his actual gun as somebody is, like, using a super powerful slingshot to attack him. But wait, it's just for funsies. It's a little boy. Is this where he pulls up to the, like, futuristic ice cream truck? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I we're like... playing, pre- playing pretty loose with futuristic here. It's just a white truck. Yeah, well, this we do meet a kid. Yep, a little... A little creep. Like a little Norwegian boy. He's like a little village of the damned kid. <laughs> it creeps me out. But he's apparently like the car guru. And yeah, but he's like six. Yeah. And he fixes the car. How does he fix the car? Do you remember what he pulls from the engine? Oh, wasn't it an ear? An ear attached to hair. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. He fixes the car. He does some donuts. Gets out and teases uh, Scorpion about not knowing how to drive. Yeah. The six-year-old. Who and can't then, reach the gas pedal. And then sure. looks at Scorpion and says, hang loose, hot rod. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shadow. I think this is when we do find out Shadow, the music store guy's name. Uh, yeah, so then we have, it's another big truck. like a, It looks like a white delivery truck cruising down the highway. It, and it looks like it's through... North Dakota to me. It looks like through okay. like springtime in North Dakota. They're, it's outside of Rome. Whatever. They're cruising along. <laughs> I know North Dakota. It looks like it. They're like a good time of year in, in Nodak. But <laughs> where where was Rush to Die filmed? <laughs> I Clearly I know who came up with that one. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe it's Sodak. Who cares? So they're chasing them. They're shooting at a delivery truck. They use a drill to drill into the back of it. And as the car, like this truck is being overrun, the the passenger bails out and goes rolling off into a field. They catch the passenger who is a woman. They catch her in a net and the guy who'd been driving is killed. Right. And Scorpion happens to be here, right place, right time. He intervenes, and there's, like, a vehicular showdown. Yeah, this is where we meet the babe of the story. This is, uh, what was her name in the movie? Alma? Alma. This is Anna Kanikis. She was the one from After the Fall of New York. She's she's, got hair. Boy, does she have hair. Oh, yeah. But this is our lead. If you want to know more about her, I do think we covered her a little bit in that episode Mm -hmm. on After the Fall of New York. Because if I remember correctly, she was like a former Miss Italy or something like that. I think so. But this is where we meet her. 
And and this is also where we kind of learn that Shadow and the Templars have a problem with Scorpion. Like he was <laughs> one of them, but now he isn't. Oh yeah, there's a lot of um, locker room talk here. We did fail to mention it, kind of blasted past it, but we George Eastman, um, Big Ape from the other movie. Yeah. We met him at the very opening scene. Yeah. Because he's the leader. His name's One. And he yeah, has. Yeah, he's the leader of the Templars. And he has. They're all very fashionable <laughs> road warriors. He's got streaks in his hair, which are like yeah. highlights from the late 90s. Yeah. Um, again, I mean, very it's ahead okay. of the time. I mean, what are you going to do? It's the apocalypse. Do what you want to do. So the one and Shadow argue about Scorpion, and this is where we learn he's been in there. But this is also an important point where we learn what the Templar's goal is. And the Templars are real peeved about the apocalypse, and they want to exterminate life. So okay. that's what their their whole goal is to kill everybody. So it had kind of seemed like they were maybe going to capture Ama. But instead, they were going to kill her. They just want to kill all of the people and finish the job of the apocalypse. And then the Mohawk guy, he I think his name is Macon. They only say it once, and I didn't care to look it up. But he wants to take, uh, he's going to take over for the one, or for one when one is dead. I don't know why that matters, but it, like, creates a little bit of a, a skiff between Shadow One and Mohawk Eye, possibly named Macon. So after uh, Scorpion rescues Alma, he helps her. She thinks she that he's going to rape her or something, but he's actually just inspecting a wound that she acquired during her, you know, tuck and run or whatever. And she's like, oh... Whoops, I misread the situation, and then they hump. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. Really out of place. And then after that, (laughs) after they got that out of the way, they talk about their people and whether or not there's still civilization. And there's a lot of talk about broadcasting and how everybody is, and it keeps coming up throughout this movie, like they're waiting for a broadcast to reveal that there's a greater civilization and they're just in like a dead zone or something. Right. And then the next day, the Templars try to blow up Scorpion, but it's a hard fail. Scorpion is on the run. And he's actually, he ends up out of his car and that guy Mohawk or Macon or whatever his name is, he's like ready to mow him down in his car. Oh, right. Yeah. He's coming after him with his cool blade. Gizmo. The, the twirly knife thing. It's very much like a James Bond thing. Yes. And there's a mysterious archer on the ridge. And he's taking aim, but he's taking his sweet time about it. He is. Uh, and he looks pretty dang cool. Should you... we talk about who it is? Yeah, go for it. So this is where we meet Fred Williamson, legendary mustache himself. Yes. And he looks straight out of He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Yeah. He's got the clearly the coolest outfit of the whole entire movie i would argue that ama does when we get to really yeah, look at we it we only see it once like just briefly once. yes man i'll get to that later because i feel like that was just a huge waste but yeah fred's got a really cool outfit and man he is just so cool mm-hmm. we just saw him recently in um vfw yes he, that was that was pretty cool too that's a gem if you guys want to watch yeah you should definitely check it out it just came out uh vfw it's a kind of a john carpenter assault movie throwback but yeah so fred's here he's got the coolest outfit ever it's like this gold 
um, so headband many, and everything. There are many elements to it's that. A really, costume. he looks like an action figure. Yes, for sure. And he's got these arrows that are actually exploding arrows. So he finally, like after taking a sweet time, he takes aim, shoots his exploding arrows, and uh, saves Scorpion. Yes. Um, at this point, Scorpion jumps onto the Mohawk guy's car, and they both fight and drive. Uh-huh. I was troubled by this, because who was pushing the gas pedal? <laughs> I don't know. Also, his sneak-up was, like, cool, and then he completely blew it when yeah. he just, like, looks at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you lost your whole element of surprise. <laughs> I don't think it matters. But in the end, the Mohawk guy dies. Well, and this soundtrack during this whole piece is awesome. We should play a little clip so okay. people know what we're working with. So that's what's playing while this whole fight is happening. Yeah. And this whole film has that kind of level of awesome soundtrack. Yeah, it's good stuff. And then Ama and Scorpion drive off and they meet up with the mysterious archer who is named Nadir. We learn that she doesn't, uh, Ama doesn't trust Nadir, and also that she doesn't wear pants, <laughs> uh, because she grabs a gun out of uh, Scorpion's car and takes aim at Nadir when he approaches Scorpion, Yeah, and she's just standing there not wearing pants, and I was like, oh, okay. Is this when we see her full outfit? Yes. It's really cool. It's, it's very much like... Um... What would, not like Death Stalker quite. It's more like she could be beamed up into space. Yeah, she's got like a kind of a Barbarella style yeah, outfit. It's cool. It is cool, but we only see it, I think, this one time. A few kind of brief glimpses oh, later. Uh, Nadir tells them that he spotted a caravan because he realizes that Alma has been shot or injured in some way. And he says, uh, this caravan might have a doctor. You should probably go find them. One thing I wanted to mention before we move on is uh-huh. uh, in that last battle, uh-huh. when we see that Fred's got all these cool arrows that blow up and stuff. Yep. Probably my favorite, I think it's my favorite death in the whole movie, is he shoots an arrow through a guy's neck and then it blows up and <laughs> blows his head off. It's pretty awesome. And actually, it's not the only time that happens in this film. It happens at the end, too. It does. It's so amazing. Okay, I just had to mention that. So we go to a Templar funeral and we get more insight because they really like to talk about their motivations. But Yeah, they do. There, there's a guy that they have. Oh, it was the guy who was killed. And he's in, like, a spiked leather thong. Yeah. That's what we find out. Like, whoa, hey, there he is. That's what you wear to your funeral. He's, like, in this druid ceremony kind of thing. And then, yeah, we get this long speech. I think we'll sample some of it. Yeah, by one. Yeah, by one. George Eastman with the streaks in his hair. Formerly known as Big Ape. Yeah, he's got those cool... 90 streaks in his hair as he's given this really awesome speech. Yeah. But let's let's sample a little bit of okay. it. Okay. We are the Templars. The warriors of vengeance. We are the Templars. The high priests of death. We have been chosen to make others pay for the crime of being alive. We guarantee that all humanity, accomplices and heirs of the nuclear holocaust, will be wiped out once and for all. That the seed of man will be canceled forever from the face of the earth. 
And after he's done with that too, what's kind of cool because I have to cut it short because I don't want to have the whole entire thing. It went it's on for long. a long time. But they start the whole crowd starts chanting hate and exterminate hate and exterminate (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty damn cool that's like a pretty metal album sounding kind of but it doesn't really doesn't really roll off the tongue no but it still sounds pretty cool it rhymes okay now let's go to the caravan that we've heard of that nadir had mentioned and Guess what? They hear a radio broadcast. I really hope these radio broadcasts are leading up to something. Oh, wait. (laughs) They don't. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Scorpion and Ama and Nadir arrive and they ask for help. And they are guided to a guy named The Wiz who reveals he's just good at fixing stuff, but he's not a doctor. Okay, wait, no. I gotta play this clip, too. Okay. I never had any real medical training or any other kind of training. But whenever anything has to be fixed or repaired, they come to me to do it. Okay, well, that's being pretty... I guess if it's the wasteland, you take what you can get. It works. She's fine. You know what? Speaking of Alma, I don't I don't get the Scorpion-Alma match. What's mm-hmm. with these movies where they put, like, some creepy middle-aged dude yeah, with, with, like, the... a really sexy young woman? If yeah. anything, honestly... She'd hook up with Nadir, right? Definitely. That's yeah. what I thought, too. They both have cool outfits. They have cool outfits. Mad skill. Actually, she doesn't have any skills. Or maybe even the Mohawk guy. <laughs> yeah. They would have been a yeah, cool match. Yeah, they would have definitely looked good together. <laughs> anyway, um, while the Wiz is fixing up Alma, uh, Nadir takes the time to hook up with a woman named Vina, who is beautiful oh the one with the blue eyes oh my oh, yeah, goodness she's really pretty oh, oh yeah that's uh it's funny because she has like a clear plastic suit on <laughs> i don't so is she a, okay was she a robot or no, was she a human because no. she's like i'm getting my biorhythms ready i think that was just supposed to be futuristic talk what but it was just like leading up to sex so yeah. it was like her doing her own foreplay like she was like mentally running through things to get herself yeah. ready what was happening there? i don't know but so they just have a conversation and then they've hooked up you don't see anything happen they're just snuggling afterwards so it's discovered that the scorpion is with this caravan by some like scouts or something and the one creates a trap corner scorpion and captures him this is yes he's captured but in this scene this is when we get a good look at his cool bubble car that's got the exhausts coming up the side yeah and there's like a up the front yeah there's a skull on the front that is yeah. super cool like a skull hood ornament you know what hmm. i was like that's so familiar and you know where i've saw i've seen it before where like around the corner from our house there is some dude or chick who has a hearse like an old school oh, yes, 1960s hearse cool that they just bought i'm super jealous of it yeah and on the front of it is a skull i do i walk by it every day and i'm like can i steal that i thought it reminded me of our van oh I, I don't think we've ever talked about our van in 74 episodes what we had okay Side story, oh. y'all. We had the coolest, it basically looked like a uh, child molester van, but it, it was 100%. a child molester van. It, it was a 1985 
Ford Econoline, uh-huh. baby blue, that my grandfather had given me uh-huh. that was totally redone. He was this renaissance man that like built homes and everything else. He was like an electrician, a, a carpenter, an architect. Yeah, your grandpa could just do anything. He gutted this... Uh, van and turned it into basically a homemade rv that had mm-hmm. outlets and a sink and a toilet and a fold-out couch and it was so cool it was and amazing he, he gave it to us when we were in college so it was like yeah. our ultimate hangout so we would just cruise around in this awesome van that was basically like an apartment in the inside and fun fact it took about an apartment rent to fill the tank because he it actually did. had yeah. two tanks attached to it and i think even in the early 2000s it cost us about 80 bucks to fill up that van it was insane but <laughs> why i wanted to mention that was our van we had a bright purple skull skull that we put in the front on the dashboard oh. against the window so as we were driving towards you you would see this purple skull between us. Oh. Oh, and we named that van Grandpa Whisket. Yeah, we even wrote, I wrote a song about it yeah. that we performed with a band that I used to have. And the song was called Grandpa Whisket. It was oh. just a, a love song to my van. It was the coolest oh. van. And it was the saddest day when we had oh, to give it away. Yeah, R.I.P. Pour out the 40 for the van. I know. Okay. So, I'm sorry, I got a little emotional there. Okay, okay so we're, we're back. We're at the... Oh, yeah. Scorpion's being tortured in this he's, making He's no been given a strange trial with really, <laughs> really intense music. Oh, it's bitchin' music. And it's... Yes, but it's extremely intense. And it's very, very unclear what's actually happening. But he's being put on trial by one for some reason. And they're interrupted when news about the caravan... Uh, comes through and everyone bails and one is like leading up to kill scorpion who he is implying is his arch rival and he's like never mind just want to see him in pieces kill him good bye (laughs) and he leaves it leaves you going is scorpion dead because he like falls down this whole scene made no sense to me well pretty much from here on out is a hot mess it's such a mess i still liked it yeah, but so Nadir comes up. He's blowing two guys off of their motorcycles. Like Nadir is just scouting outside of the caravan circle. Yes, and this is Scorpion, we find out, is being dragged behind one of these motorcycles. Yes. Violently. And uh, Fred, Nadir, shoots. This is another. Actually, this is probably my favorite kill in the yeah, movie. That's good. Because not only does he blow the guy's head off. But the head blows off and the guy keeps driving the motorcycle <laughs> with no head. Man. That's awesome. Just I like lost seconds. my mind when I saw that. That was, I was good. So, so did he. Oh. oh, yeah. Scorpion gets up after being drugged across a field. His shirt's like kind of unbuttoned and a little bit dirty. There's no blood. He's not like covered in mud, but he's been drugged across a muddy field. Yeah, and Alma, in the meantime, has just been basically standing around watching everything. Yeah. And this is where I wrote down that she's really, like, vastly underutilized because the cover of the VHS yeah. is this epic poster. I mean, the the artwork is amazing. And it's all of them looking too cool for school yeah. with their cool post-apocalyptic uniforms all posing back-to-back like a rock band to, like, go into battle. 
but she's never used. And it's, in on the cover, there's also the little kid, but yeah. he has a little bit of play. Well, he's he's just about to come in. And yeah, he does. Part. But I still, I just feel like it was misleading, and especially because of Alma, because I thought she was gonna turn nah. into this like awesome fighter. She's useless. She just never did. She was just like basically eye candy for the whole movie. Just kind of super disappointing. So. We also, we cut to this weird sequence where I feel like we travel down a time wormhole where the blonde boy comes back in, he fixes Scorpion's car again, and Nadir is also helping Scorpion by berating him in an attempt to motivate him. So it's like a training session. It's like a rocky session. So as Nadir is basically training Rocky here, Scorpion, to be tough, Mm -hmm. The kid has turned into Q from James Bond. Yes. And it's creating these, like, gizmos. The six-year-old kid. I mean, and really, by creating, we just mean they kind of appear later, and it's loosely implied (laughs) that he had something to do with it. But this all happens in the midst of that weird caravan being attacked. (laughs) So there's, like, a long sequence of training and car repair that happens. But they don't worry. They get it together, and they come back. Meanwhile, the one tell or one tells the captured people of the caravan that they've got no soul because after the apocalypse, any survivors have no soul, I guess. And <laughs> um, they set up a trap. There's some dead Templars in the car and Scorpion and Nadir attack. Yeah, this is the big attack by the whole yeah. team, basically. So this is what we've all been waiting for, the big lead up. Have we? For the ultimate attack on the Templars. There's this big showdown with one and Scorpion. This is where Scorpion also reveals he's got this ridiculous clear armor on. It's like a bubble suit. The boy it's... made a bubble suit for him, but it's only from the waist to the top of the chest. So if you give a headshot or like an arterial groin shot, you're fine. I feel like, you know, in NASCAR, how you have to wear your your racing suit has to have the same like logos and patches as your car. Oh. Like the same color schemes. I feel like this is his his bubble suit for his bubble car. I like that. That's what I thought anyway. That's good. Okay, Shadow has a huge stink about Scorpion trying to rescue people. Yeah, he does not like it. He's not happy about it. The score is amazing right here, and Fred is just picking everybody off. Yes, and Shadow also, he retaliates by just killing caravan people mercilessly. <laughs> it's true. Then we get this futuristic car chase. Yeah, it's down to Scorpion and <laughs> one. I love this scene because Scorpion's car, his awesome bubble like hot rod, uh-huh. is going like... I think it goes up to like 145 or something. It goes over 200. Oh, does it? Yes. But guess what? I think maybe it's kilometers. I don't know. So it's like 150 miles an hour. Pursued by one in his like futuristic golf cart that is seriously going like 25 miles an hour. For sure, yeah. Somehow keeping up with this sports car. It's so funny. It reminds me of the golf cart chase from Space Mutant. Oh, yeah. I was absolutely thinking of that the whole time. And then Scorpion uses a drill bit on his car and drills into one's car and the car explodes. Sure. (laughs) Like you do. (laughs) The group reunites. Yeah, they They all show back up in the caravan. How did did long hair poofhead go? How did he go out? I don't even remember making note of it. I don't either. I was trying to remember when he was killed. 
At some point Somewhere. between then and Clearly now. Clearly wasn't that memorable. But the group reunites and Nadir has helped Scorpion mm-hmm. the entire movie, right? Like yeah. he has saved him the entire movie yes. from death. And for some reason, the whole time, including now after they've just won the whole battle... Mm-hmm. Scorpion is just a butthole to him. Dude, he's a privileged white guy. He's like, what? What? I don't need your help. Because I did this. like, we make a pretty good team. We should stick together. And he's like, nope. Yep. Like, this guy has saved you the entire movie. You've been useless. And this guy has done everything. Yeah. And you're still being a jerk. This guy would be dead if it weren't for Nadir and a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the people that kept him alive. That's and true. he is like this just dude. He's like, that's my world. The film ends with the little boy holding Scorpion's hand as they look to the future. <laughs> <laughs> How could I have missed that little detail? <laughs> okay, so. Oof, okay. What well, did you think? I really liked it. Let's put that out right away. Like, I, I did really like it. I definitely would watch it again. I'd recommend it. But it's. Not, I don't think it's the coolest one I've ever seen. This, like, the music was the coolest. The music, 100%, I would say, was the best score I've ever heard on a post-apocalyptic movie. From Italy in the 80s. In, in general. <laughs> I just think it's it's really fantastic. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. I thought that the gizmos and the cars for sure were awesome. Mm-hmm. And the deaths were probably some of the coolest deaths I've seen yeah. in any of these movies, too. So I can see why this became a cult hit. It's the story itself is so straightforward yeah it's like there's a group that wants to hurt people there's a group that wants to oppose them they defeat them end of story like there's really nothing more to it no um yeah so in that sense i would say i really like it but it's probably not my go-to for like if i was to give like a top five i don't know if this would make the cut honestly but if i was to make a list of recommendations for post-apocalyptic films this would be on there sure for sure so i don't know what do you think um okay so like you i i enjoyed it it was entertaining i didn't fall asleep but it left me with a it left me feeling lukewarm like yeah. i would have liked to see alma be cooler yeah i think have, that would have really increased the film quite a bit also like less time on car gadgets more time on like why is everybody obsessed with radio broadcasts like even if at the <laughs> very end another group had reached out and we saw that civilization was existing that would have yeah. justified all of that lead up and effort but it wasn't there also nadir was way cooler should have hooked up with ama and killed scorpion at the end <laughs> totally like, yeah that that would have been rad so i feel like there are a lot of ways where they um dealt this film a poor hand but it it could have been a lot a lot cooler but with that said uh the music was cool i would say the the characters had a lot of potential the templars were hilarious so hilarious so i i think ultimately i would have just liked to see more yeah that's what i would say too i felt like it was just kind of like turned to seven instead of 11 like yeah. it could have just been dialed up a little bit yeah but the deaths were cool like the the brutality of it was really fun 
fun just, in a way that wasn't like gory. It was like a ridiculous head blows off when yeah. like walks around or twitches on the ground. Yeah, but overall, man, it was cool. I still. I don't know about you. I can't speak for both of us, but I would say yes. This is recommendation. I think you should see it if you like post-apocalyptic films from the 80s. And if you're a Fred Williamson fan, this is like a must-see. He's cool. Because he's too cool for school. Yeah. This. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we got. That is Warriors of the Wasteland, a.k.a. the New Barbarians. Um, I'm sure it is available everywhere. Mm-hmm. We have a VHS copy, the old uh, Thorn EMI copy. With the cool cover. I think it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. I'm sure it's it's everywhere by now. I'm, I'm positive. But check it out. And uh, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend. Rate, review, subscribe. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. We are on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and everything else. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Lasergraves. If you want to follow our personal sites, I'm at death at 33 RPM. I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer. And that's that's what we have for you this week. So I have no clue what we're doing next week, but we will look through our tapes and figure it out. Probably Golden Child. <laughs> Probably Golden Child. <laughs> Bye. Bye.